Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. All right, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast gaffest where in a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, identity, culture, what we like to read, and who we like to read. Food for Thought, the lower back tattoo of the podcast world. Yes. <laughs> it's so, oh, it's so true. so true. It's fine. By the way, I don't know if I've ever told you guys this, but when I was a baby thought in high school and a figure skater, I desperately wanted to get a lower back tattoo. I wanted a rose that was opening Not up. surprising oh, anybody. signify the virginity I was ready to lose. Oh, baby. My, my, f- I know. Wait, wait. What? It, it should be surprising, but, uh, and I act surprised, but I, I will say not I'm surprised. not surprised at all. And the fact that it was a rosebud is um I think poignant. my favorite ever lower <laughs> back tattoo comes from Twitter porn. And one of, one of the Twitter porn accounts that I like is Fat Rabbit Killer, uh, who's like this dominant top. Uh, and and he fucks this guy. I think he's fucked him a couple of times. It has he has a lower back tattoo in cursive that says Pisces. Oh, <laughs> well, I, I mean, can't believe you don't I'm have that so tattoo. Mad frankly, that someone thought of it before me. I have a. I don't think there's a single Pisces in the world who's a top. I I would cast judgment, but I literally have a lower back tattoo, so I, I, I can't. <laughs> I can, in good conscience, offer offer critique on, on that. What is yours, Fran? I don't think but I've ever seen it. Not having ever looked at your lower I back. A, I have a teeny tiny little diamond on the on the left side of my, of my it, lower back that um, I got after if, a breakup. If Dennis's <laughs> wow. is a rosebud wow. opening up and yours is a pressure made diamond, it like could not be yes. more perfect metaphors <laughs> yes. for your re- brand for oh. your respective bussies. <laughs> But also the fact that Dennis considered it but did not follow through. Yeah, Ultimately. <laughs> yes. 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 And that I committed. And that I committed yes. and I followed through. You did. <laughs> well, listen, wow. I was a minor and I could not get one. A minor? And I you were a minor? T- oh, I was oh, under, minor. 18. under 18. I was under 18. I was under 18. I love. And also, so by law, I couldn't get one. That was my excuse. And also, I'm like really phobic of needles. And so I was like, I don't know how I'll ever get a tattoo because I'm terrified of needles. Yeah, tattoos ain't for you, sis. <laughs> Meanwhile, the physical pain of tattoos is like, absolutely. absolutely. I love, love it. it. Like, oh I love my it. God. Mm. My favorite. I like, I like fall asleep in that it. chair. I love mama. it. I love the focused pain, so sharp. It doles out the emotional pain of being a human. Okay, and on that note, I am Tommy <laughs> wow. Teebs Pico, indigenous American poet, screenwriter, single, not actively mingling, and I currently have 54 plants and one uh, avocado pit that has sprouted roots. 
Wow, dad, wow. big dad vibes. Wow. Uh, I'm Fran, I'm a writer, I'm an editor, and a proud owner of not one, not two, but three bathrobes. That's right. <laughs> and I use them all for different occasions, okay? Don't get it twisted. And sometimes I would imagine you wear each one on the same day. Like, over the course of a day, you wear each one. 1,000%. It's, it's, it's a daytime to evening wear challenge. Oh, I... I'm Joseph Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer, and I firmly believe that everyone who owns more than two bathrobes will be killed in the revolution. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, you can you, you want to make a capitalist critique on me, Mister? I need to fit three people in my California king size bed in my giant <laughs> penthouse New York apartment. Off with yeah. their perfectly been exposed. Heads. <laughs> Whatever. Bye. Bye. Wow. Um. I feel like I just like astral projected during that whole thing. Um, I'm Dennis Norris II, and I'm a reader, writer, former figure skater. And um, in 2021, I'm seriously developing a fondness for edibles. Wow. Love that. Yeah. It's, it, they're great for me. I sleep a lot better. <laughs> I'm terrified of how high, Dennis. Very... I'm terrified. <laughs> wow. And how very you to catch on to a trend just decades after <laughs> it's been cool. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. And they be like, yeah. yo, did you know they put weed in food now? <laughs> <laughs> I came so close to sending you all that text at New Year's. I really did. And then I was like, wait, that's what Alex is always eating. Who would like to tell us what we've got on the menu this week? So, as the third installment of our extra special season of Valentine's Day uh, content, which we are officially but not officially calling we're not, we're absolutely not, just we're kidding. Absolutely not I'm the only that. one that wants to off call it with that. your head, off <laughs> with your head, both of them. <laughs> um, for in honor of Thought Uary, um, this today's episode is all about. Dating, um, going on dates uh, for our, yeah, we all hate it. Um, For our first segment, we are going to, you know, we're going to discuss a recent Twitter trend that actually I think we have a lot of contributions Mm -hmm. for. For our second segment, we will go for our classic advice segment, Penny for Your Thoughts. We're going to shed a little light on the scenario. And for dessert, um, well, let's just say that Teams is... uh, very uh is going to surprise you all with with what he is bringing Dad. to the this week. that's all i'll say take it away buck 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 peacock <laughs> i'm feeling a little peckish i think we should top start the top of the show the way any good top should with our uproarious appetizer segment amuse boosh and to amuse our booshes we've all got a little something today mm-hmm. <laughs> how egalitarian Yes, we, we all have bushes to amuse. Um, today we're going to wet your palates with this little... There was a tweet that was going around and it just said, what is both gay and homophobic? <laughs> both and. We love improvisation. And honestly, you know, Tommy just felt that would be a really great prompt for this team, for us to all yes, you know, yes, put yes. our brains together and think about what truly are those things so that we can create, you know, maybe a... Maybe not a definitive list, but at least a, a working list of things. And, and maybe y'all, all y'all at home can submit your suggestions as well. Just, just tweet at us and let us know what you think is both gay and homophobic. But who, who wants to start here? Do you, do, is okay. there a good example for I us to I want to start off. off. My, first, my, my first entry into what is gay and homophobic is fireworks 
Fireworks are flashy. <laughs> they are loud. <laughs> they're all over the place. The only special they they're, they're, they um, they have a sparkle, a sheen to them. So I believe them to be very gay. However, there's that fireworks song, Katy Perry. I find to be homophobic personally. Uh, the fact that <laughs> July July fourth, July fourth, patriotism, homophobic. Very homophobic. Very homophobic. Yeah. Patriotism and is homophobic. keeping me up at night, homophobic. So my entry is fireworks. Ooh, fireworks. Yeah. Okay. I have one. I have one. Go, Fran. Go, I, go, go. I have a few addendums. I have addendums to that. First of all, Firework by Katy Perry is one of her, the best contributions to her repertoire. Mm-hmm. How dare you? Yeah. So the, the um, best, but like the best, I will the say, best Katy Perry is like saying the best STD. It's still bad. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's fine. I'll accept that. That That's fine. But it is the best Katy Perry, so fuck you. Second of all, I will say that they're also homophobic because, you know, who buys fireworks? People who live in, like, Indiana. Ooh, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and I feel like, obviously, not to make sweeping generalizations about, like, rural areas or the South, of course, because, like, queer and trans people thrive there, too. But I do feel like fireworks are purchased predominantly by people who do not have queer people's best interest in mind. So all that is to say is queer and trans people should buy more fireworks. Let's but very Let's far away worldwide. from my New York City apartment. That was that was too much last summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's literally set the world on I fire. Ha- I now. have one thing that's gay and homophobic, and that is Tommy Teeb's Pico, who is definitely gay <laughs> and who hates gay people more than anyone that I have oh, ever oh met my in my God. entire life. <laughs> I you, you just oh you already took one of mine and it was gonna be me so thank you <laughs> I wow. agree I literally that is so funny because on my list I also wrote <laughs> Tommy Pico so would, three of us three of us wrote down Tommy Pico for something I, mean, I would like to come quick with my homophobia it is not internalized homophobia it is homophobia I've learned because I have learned to hate gay people. <laughs> interactions not because of something i have on the inside that i inherited <laughs> from assimilation or anything like that but yes also, yes yes but i think like I like something that. that is inherently gay and homophobic too to me is also a gay bar because they're very very gay mm-hmm. but they make me homophobic <laughs> <laughs> so what about you d so i love you i love tommy being like um don't get it twisted i don't have internalized homophobia <laughs> i have externalized <laughs> yeah I hate all of you benches, all of you hoes. What about you, Z? It's messy. So, well, this is kind of building off of that theme, but I had Grinder on my list as something oh, yeah. that's both gay and homophobic. Love that. It's a great, um, great call. Out. Not saying that I d- haven't had my fair share of many grinds in the city, but it also makes me hate gay people, especially the phrase "no fats, no femmes." So that's a real thing. Um, and I'll stop there for the moment, but I do have a few more. Uh, I mean, guys, remember when our podcast was distributed <laughs> by Grinder? <laughs> now, see, that wasn't homophobia. That this was is... the best thing Grinder ever did. Throwback, it was actually, it was it was actually really fun being on Grinder when our podcast was on Grinder. I have no, I, you know, yes. like I don't feel like a celebrity ever in life, but in that like brief six month period of time, the number of people was Mama. like, "Wait, you're wait, you're." I was like, "Oh, it was good." Yo, it was good. and the, the knowing tennis. every Sunday. That my exes would see my face on that oh, app that where they had the cheated. Best. Yo, yeah, that, that was, was good for me. Best. You can't block that shit. I got texts from so you many exes. You can't block that shit. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> I am thankful to Grinder for that. Absolutely. Those text messages two years later, still trying to get it in. Sorry, boo. Bigger and better. 
Uh, okay, I have one. I have one. Um, both gay and homophobic televangelists. Oh, so Ooh. true. You know how, so like, true. Tammy Faye Baker. So yeah. true. Tammy Faye you Baker. You know how, like, but yeah, so gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those those girls, those girls like on like on your TV at three o'clock in yes. the morning, like preaching fire and brimstone, having like full body mm-hmm. like conniptions and and um I'm speaking in tongues. That is gay as yeah. Well, it is so let me gay. Tell you. That is that is especially the hair, the wigs we are working with, mm-hmm. the lipstick and eyeshadow yep. that we are working with on those televangelist commercials. Fun fact, RuPaul narrated the Tammy Faye Baker documentary, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Wow. I'm infuriated that you said the R word on this podcast because the other thing that I wrote down as something that's both gay and homophobic is in fact RuPaul. Well, and the fact is... Let me tell you, that man is gay, is an arbiter of gay culture for For some some reason. reason. But if, if... he was walking down the street and he saw someone, some, you know, homo getting beat up by some he would continue. You know, people. Turn RuPaul, the other cheek. He would not help. She can't that break a nail. Come on. Mm-mm. Yeah, that man would, would yeah. jump on in. I don't know. <laughs> RuPaul would say something like, well, you should have been wearing a suit. Then you wouldn't have yes. gotten fucked with. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> she would yes. She'd be like, now you need to lip sync for your life. Ooh. This is what happens when we let trans people do drag. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, well, following up on the TV theme, I'm surprised no one else mentioned this, but I'm glad. Um, Bravo TV addendum Andy Cohen, Ooh. both gay and homophobic. <laughs> yeah, Bravo is very gay, but also, I think, does not have queer people's best interests. Wait, in wait, 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 wait. A major brand that turns gay stereotypes into profit for straight people doesn't have gay interests at heart? No. Shocking. Shocking to everyone. And... And yet, since the pandemic has started, I have watched 15 seasons of Real Housewives. Yes, I got Joe. I got Joe into Real Housewives. Salt Lake City is so good. It is really good. so good. Oh, my God. We could spend a whole... We need another segment to discuss Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, because let me tell you... What a gem of a friend. What a gem. Oh, man. I, I still have not watched, so no clue. Um, but Dennis, I have heard that Salt Lake City are, is good. You are Mary Poppins. I'm sorry, but there, but there is a. I'm sorry. I don't there know is what a that woman means. who's a part. Okay, all you need to know is that there is a cast member on the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City whose primary characteristic, or her primary character attribute, is that she married her step grandpa. Yes. At the will of her, as the dying wish of her Who, grandma. And, and inherited her church. And it, not just church, a string yes. of churches. Mama. Oh, the, my the God. Megalomania of churches. She inherited she inherited billions dollars, oh. billions of dollars worth of churches. And all she had to do was marry her step-grandpa. Oh, my God. Honestly, easy cash. Respect. <laughs> yeah, I, I am her. You're right. I am her. Wow. I love old men. And I come from a line of ministers. There we go. Would you perhaps like to hear the poem I wrote about Salt Lake City? Uh, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Yeah. It goes like this. Roses are red. Violets are awful. You need to go because you smell like hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have an entry. I have another entry into the um, so it's a gay and homophobic cilantro. Let me tell you why no. cilantro is gay. Let me tell you why cilantro is gay. 
Cilantro sounds like okay. a drag queen name. Cilantro is also True. known as coriander, and that name, that ain't gay. That name is a fag, okay? <laughs> it comes from the ancient Greek wor- word that means bedbug because of the smell, and I find that to be homophobic. And, you know, some people taste the lemony lime treat, and some people taste hand soap. That's homophobic. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> It's okay. Some people's palates are not as sophisticated to be able to handle cilantro. Cilantro. That's okay. It's, I, I respect. <laughs> I have that to admit, I am a fan. I love cilantro. I do. I um. I want to add. Mine are no, all of mine are no fun, except for Tommy Tee's Fico is fun. Glenn Greenwald. He makes me think that gay people have no, should have no rights. We should we should fully be gagged all the time. We should not be able to speak. Well, I have one that I feel like is kind of fun, and I'm curious to know whether or not you guys have experience with this, but in my personal opinion, as an avowed bottom, leather thongs are both gay and homophobic. No, I disagree. (laughs) I love my leather thong. No. How are they homophobic? How are they homophobic, Um, My leather, I cannot find a way to get my leather thong to stop chafing. Like, I cannot find a way. I have lubed it up. I have put coconut oil there. I cannot find a way. It is the only thong I have that is consistently uncomfortable. And I suffer because it's fucking hot. And that's but, that's violence done on the queer community. That's violence done to yeah, Dennis's whole chafing. Mm-hmm. It's baby powder, Dennis. It's lube and baby powder. Oh, combo. baby powder. I hadn't thought I was going to suggest okay. uh, lotion and um, baby powder, but you also should treat the lo- treat the um this is something I know from from growing up in the country. You have to treat the leather. Like you have to use leather oil mm-hmm. on the leather. Yeah, and if you use leather oil on the leather, exactly, a leather conditioner, okay. um and keep the leather in really good shape, it'll treat your body right. I have one more from my list. Gay and homophobic, dairy. Mm. Let me tell you, <laughs> dairy, gay. You're squeezing milk a at tit. A, a, cow's a cow's tits and bottling it up, and it's being bottled up and dropped off at your doorstep by men in <laughs> uniform, white uniform, and all white dress code, mama. Ice cream, gay. Whipped cream, gay. Yogurt, gay. But what does it do to you? It, you <laughs> it doesn't diarrhea. give me diarrhea. That's homophobic. It doesn't give me diarrhea. Yes, it does. It gives, Joe, everyone is lactose intolerant and everyone gets a little bit of diarrhea from dairy. And just because you're in denial about the fact that you shit seven <laughs> times a day yeah. and you still think that dairy doesn't affect your digestive <laughs> mm-hmm, system, mm-hmm. let me tell you, you are up for a rude awakening. I was going to say, there so is gonna, no you way. You accept the truth now or later. And like you, you have to no take way. a pill in order to enjoy it. That seems very gay to me. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. If if, if that is true, then gay sex is something that is gay and homophobic because I have to take a pill every day in order to enjoy it. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. No question. No question. Sweat sweat is homophobic, I believe it to be. (laughs) I I agree with that too. I I sure do. But also, but also also gay. (laughs) Thank you for indulging us in this amuse bouche. Yes. 
Cha-ching! Get out your coin purses, benches. It's time for Penny for Your Thoughts. Thank you, Dennis. Yes, it is time for Penny for Your Thoughts, the one segment where you ask us extremely unqualified idiots advice about <laughs> love and all that kind of bullshit. Such fucking so, idiots. So thank you for sending <laughs> in questions. You know, we get these questions from the fans. This is stuff that is on your mind that you're thinking about. You know, we want to bring it home to the people who come and listen to us, let us into their, uh, their uh, living rooms every single day, every Sunday, rather. Um, so this first question... Is about dating, which connects to the main theme of our episode. So this person says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this person a fake name. Their name is Bishop. So Bishop, <laughs> oh, like that name. Oh. They can only move diagonally. <laughs> you are taking, you are taking me to places. Teams. I didn't. I wasn't. I'm moving, moving on. Uh, so Bishops uh, says, I'm wondering if you four have any ideas for how to meet people and date that isn't an app or social media. I feel like I don't know how to meet people in real time or in real life anymore. Even before the pandemic, I felt like I didn't know how to meet people in a way that wasn't online or in a bar and bars are closed right now. Help! Exclamation point. I met somebody at a protest. Wow, that's so. That made me literally my life dream. Yeah, that yeah, me too. That is hose wet dream. Yes, absolutely. I will say for me, it's really hard to go up to strangers. So at a protest would be hard unless I think the key that I want to talk about is like mutual friends. So it can be at a protest like when if you go with your friend and they have a few friends and it's sort of like two friend circles merging and then you kind of let the the flirtation bubble up. Um, I've definitely met people at at small house parties where it's like, you know, you know, maybe three or four people, but then there's maybe 15 people there. Obviously this is not COVID friendly. You know, this is for fall 2021 post vaccine when we're all doing a little more social engagement, but it's, it's not like asking your friends to set you up because that like Charlotte sex in the city nonsense for me makes me feel so awkward in a one-on-one, but like Mm. there is not, I mean, I hate being being single and I hate dating, but it is really nice to have a free zone of desire when you are at like a party with a bunch of people and there's a bunch of queer people there uh, and you just feel a little flirtation happening and you exchange numbers and you chat by text and you sort of see if you're compatible with this person, aka is this person a top? And you just sort of let it kind of organically build from there. So I think for me, it's about uh, saying yes to those situations. You know, I, if, if I'm feeling a little more introverted, but I want to meet people uh, and I don't feel like doing the apps, like if my if my BFF uh, invites me to a party and I know there are going to be a few people there, maybe I just go and just see what the lay of the land is. Also, I think when you meet people through friends, both parties are more accountable to yep. the other person, to yep. the other person's feelings, to the yep. relationship with the other person. Because meeting yep. a rando... Um, you know, they could they could go. I mean, it's harder for people with mutual friends to ghost, right? Or, or yeah. like pull some sneak shit. Or you know, you you generally would have an idea of is this person sleeping around? You know, does this person have another significant other? Am yeah. I not a primary? I think a lot of the 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 gray area of dating strangers is mitigated when you date. When you when somebody sets your when your friend can set you up, I mean the pitfall of that obviously is that that person isn't going to disappear <laughs> just because you're not dating anymore. I was just mm-hmm. gonna say, Teebs, you would absolutely ghost your best friend's best friend. <laughs> yeah, 
Like, it's not my yeah. it's not my relationship. You I don't have any that doesn't nothing to do with me. But I was, mm-hmm. you know, I was set up in the pandemic not in a platonic way with a friend who we talk every single week now. I've never met her in real life. It's just a friend of a friend and so that person thought like we would really get along and they were right. Um so like and and when you're talking about apps, do you mean all the apps or is it just the dating and hookup apps? I mean like is is Instagram for example a um another way of meeting people that isn't like uh, specifically for a hookup app, you know? That's where I met my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I'm- all y'all know that like half the people, if not more than half the people that I've dated in the last few years, Instagram, uh, uh, one even off of Twitter, which was also great. Um, but I will say, you know, if you're trying, it's it's tough because obviously right now, a lot of the modes of like meeting people are not really available to us in a pandemic. But, you know, Tommy, I've also fantasized about meeting someone at a protest. There are some cuties at the protest. Granted, you can only see like half of their face, but... You know, um, I, I, I think that, you know, it's this, I'm not trying to say, um, go activate yourself in like mutual aid work to like meet cute boys, but it could be a really nice side effect of doing really great work and getting involved in your local community. If you don't, if you, if you don't know where your local DSA chapter is, where your local kind of mutual aid community is, where all that stuff, all those things are things that everyone should do regardless or not of whether you're looking to meet somebody. However, when you think about what it means to meet someone that you want to build intimacy with, you think about the things that you care about. And when you, if you were to meet someone in that circumstance, you already have something in common together in like working toward a common good. Again, don't go to a protest to meet a cutie. Like if you're doing that, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. However, navigating those situations is something that maybe, maybe magic could happen there. And yeah. if you are going to a, a protest just to meet somebody, don't, just don't say anything. You don't have to say it. Yeah, don't. <laughs> just don't say don't. anything. Don't admit that and no one don't will ever know. Don't talk about it on yeah. the podcast. No. <laughs> um, so I have, I mean, those are all phenomenal answers. I have slightly different thoughts only because that's not, those are not necessarily um, the things I would do. But I think that, so when I first got to New York, I remember I was like trying to meet guys and I was like on the apps. And I think I had it in my head that the only way as a gay person that I could meet guys was on the apps. I had Grinder, I had Scruff, I had I had like three or f- I had so many of them. And I had forgotten how to meet people like in person. And then after kind of a rough breakup, I deleted them because I didn't want to meet anyone. And I actually continued to meet people and I did start to meet people in person. I met them at bars, I met them at readings, I met them at house parties, all of those things not, that Joe had mentioned. Not readings, Dennis, now, please not readings. Dating, I did, dating, I did oh, meet some no, that's readings. horrible. Literary thoughts, oh, anything but them. I'm not. I'm not saying that they were the best thoughts, <laughs> but it, I, but I did meet people. Um, but one of in the pandemic, what I've gone back to is one of the things that a friend of mine said to me at that time when they were like, "Yeah, you should maybe get off those apps for a bit," which was that for me, it was all about developing some sort of routine that put me in the world because I was like, I could just meet someone cute at the coffee shop that I was going to every morning 
um, around the same time on my way to work. And I did once actually. Um, I am not a runner. So the person suggested this, I would never do this, but like I'm not a runner. So I wouldn't meet someone on my run in a park, but you might. Um, but what I have taken to doing is not necessarily every day, but most days I do try to go for a walk sometime in the morning before I um, before I settle down to work. And um, I do see people and I met someone, it, they were just a friend. They've, it, it's just been a friend situation. But the point is that I think in this time when we cannot even rely on bars as a possibility and like the apps exist, but we're frustrated by them or we can't really bring them to fruition or we feel like we can't, um, how do we meet people? I think that making sure we have some kind of regularity and routine in our daily life that put, places us in the world around other people that's just the first step that opens the door and then you never know what will happen or who will come across your path. And I do remember also, I, I have a favorite bar in my neighborhood that's around the corner that I was going to all summer. And I would just go and I would pick up a liter of rum punch and bring it right back to my apartment. But they had a really cute um, sidewalk area where people were hanging out. And I did actually meet a guy um, and then we connected on Grindr because he was like, I've seen you on Grindr. And nothing happened. I haven't done anything since April sexually. But um, but I did meet someone literally on the sidewalk in front of my neighborhood bar when I was there for five minutes, picking up a liter of rum punch to then take back to my apartment and drink in my room. Aww. So, like, it's always possible and you never know. I think you should take Ubers across town all day until you meet somebody <laughs> you like. <laughs> well, you know, I done twice met an Uber driver that I had a fun night with. So that's a possibility, too. <laughs> It worked. It worked. <laughs> Next up, we have number two. So, um, Persimmon uh, says, okay. so I've been active. <laughs> I hate these names. <laughs> um, so I've been, Persimmon says, so I've been active on the apps and have met some guys I'd really like to hook up with, even though we're still in the pandemic. The problem is I have roommates and we have strict rules about having people over. Everyone can't be not having sex right now. So how are people doing it? Do you all have tips and or tricks to help me try and hook up safely? Lord, do I have tricks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joe, you can shut up. You have a fucking boyfriend. You shut the fuck up. Shut up your boyfriend ass you. mouth up, oh, Joe. Then. You basically yeah, are shut, shut up. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You have you have legitimately great I, advice. I, I, have yeah, so, I mean, you know, a lot of us who do... Um, work on viruses and risk mitigation like it is not you, we are not going to convince people to go two years a year and a half without hooking up or having sex you know in my pod there are two single people and we you know we don't ask those people in the pod to not hook up that's sort of a risk that they take and a risk that we you know my partner and I take um, as partnered people in, in our pod so I think, you know, the best way to think about hooking up safely uh, in in pandemic times is the same way we think about uh, risk mitigation and other types of, um, uh, of risk that has to do with sex. So it's never about it's any hookup is going to have some risk. That's just it. You know, uh, even me and my partner live together. But there is COVID risk involved in that because he has to do his chores. I have to do my chores. He sometimes has to go to his office. I have to come to mine. So our risk adds together. And, you know, that's not stigmatized because we live together and we're partners. So I think, you know, thinking about it that way and, you know, if you're going to be hooking up, I highly, highly. Re- so first of all, you meet people on Grindr. I've been having incredible 
phone sex and text sex, right? So think about ways, if you can, that you're going to be able to get the nuts that you need without without um, being around another human mouth, because the human mouth is the issue. Um, if you really want to be around another human mouth, think about um, a, a friend of mine uh, who I know is listening right now uh, in Chicago, um, has built a, um, uh, a glory hole in his entryway. Um, and that is, and that's really Love safe that. because it keeps the mouths apart. There's a wall between the mouths, you know, kind of a constructed wall. Uh, and the dick is not a, a high risk point for COVID. So put the disc, disc, you know, like yeah, you can you can suck on a dick and it's perfectly and, ethical. And so the other thing I'll say is that. Um, in terms of a barrier for entry for hookups, you know, I'm a person who, when I'm single, if the vibe is right, I will do the anon thing where like a random person comes in my house. I don't look at them. They fuck me and they leave. Um, you know, I think the barrier for entry for, for risk in terms of COVID is a little higher. And for me, um, the smart people to hook up with are ones you can have conversations with about risk where you can ask them. Um, how they're mitigating risk in their own lives when they've been tested. A lot of this should sound familiar. Uh, what what they're doing in their own lives. And that you keep it to a relatively small number. The way I've been talking about it with my friends is like, can you contact trace your hookup circle? Contact tracing in America is fucked. It's failed. We can only do it for ourselves and our communities. You know, my pod sort of, I know that everyone in my pod has some outside interactions, but as soon as one of those outside interactions has an exposure or a positive case, we all shut it down. We know it. We do it ourselves. And so that's what I would recommend in terms of of your sex life, that there's people you really honestly trust, you build a rapport with over time, who are open about their own risks, who don't seem like they're lying and saying, no, I don't have any risk. I'm perfect, blah, blah, blah. But over time, you know, maybe it's not the right time to hook up with someone you first start chatting with that night. You know, maybe it's time to build a rapport mm. over time and build yep. trust over time. And yep. then, you know, if you mm. hook up with someone, maybe go back to that person, a few, you know, and and integrate that person into your trusted circle. And that way, if that person says, no, actually, a coworker of mine that I share an office with has a positive test, you shut it down and you quarantine yourself, right? And so mm-hmm. that's happened to my pod where someone in my pod um, had his, his, one of his fuck buddies tested positive the day after he mm. um, hooked up with him. And so it was shitty. Mm. It was scary for all of us, but we shut it down. And, and I quarantined and he quarantined and we all got tested. And it was sort of like we didn't allow the spread to happen beyond us. You know, mm-hmm. so that, you know, it's all risk mitigation. You, know, you deserve to have pleasure. If you're a single yeah. person and you live alone or you live with roommates, you deserve to be able to hook up or to jerk off with people or whatever, but think about the ways you can do it, um, you know, risking yourself, your roommates and other people in your community as little as possible. I would say persimmon, get into masturbation. (laughs) 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 Cause I find after I nut my desire to have sex drops remarkably. <laughs> oh. so I love Tommy Tico getting on this podcast and be like, have you ever heard of masturbation? You might get into it. <laughs> like, don't, don't, what, what is it? Don't like, equivocate? Masturbate? I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, are we ready? Are we all ready? Are we ready? Mm, it's time we get to the meat of our discussion. The thought process spelled T-H-O-T. 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 Slinging this all chicha this week. 
is Tommy Teeves. Yes. This week we're talking about dating, a date, an itinerant moment that you supposedly could care less about, where the burden upon you is to bring your authentic self. Some people prefer to wing it. Some people prefer to prepare. Some people have line items. Some people have scripts. Some have generally no thoughts in their heads. Some people have the next minute in mind. Some the next morning. Some the next lifetime. Don't at me, Tommy. The next lifetime, don't at me. (laughs) Dates aren't only romantic. They're also platonic. They're professional. They could be networking. They could be skill sharing. They could be coffee, bar, boardroom, and Zoom. Not really bars anymore, but but it's all about chance. You do a vetting process beforehand, but it's an experiment. It's a chemistry test. You're putting compounds together in an enclosed environment to see how they react, and you Boo. never know what to expect. That's what could make it fun, and that's also what could make it tedious. I have so many questions for you regarding dates, but my first is, what's the worst date you've ever been on? Oh, I, I have oh, one. I, I absolutely have one. Okay, it, it, go it, for it, it comes from my lean days. You know, uh, I did my PhD in New York. Uh, as a PhD student, you make, I was on 27.5 a year. I was making very little money. Uh, and I met this guy, and this was early in my time in New York, so I didn't know to ask this question. And we went to a very expensive restaurant. I mean, like New York expensive restaurant. And um, I, in my Irish Catholicness, just believe that you pay for yourself. And I ended up paying like my my monthly budget for food. Like y'all, my like the amount of food that I could afford for a month in one night. And then he he kind of like I was kind of meek at the time. He wouldn't let me go. Like I kind of wanted to be like afterwards. I felt so bad and I wanted to go home. But he like dragged me out for drinks as well. And we were this was like in two thousand and seven, two thousand six. It was a long time. We were at a place that had like seven nothing but seventeen dollar cocktails, and. And again, so my choice, and he was very like, oh, I'll pay for you, I'll pay for you. But I, that, like, my pride could not handle it. And so I was like, no, absolutely not. And this is like why I had a credit card. But like, basically, my credit card had like a $350 max at that point. And I, I like basically maxed my credit card out in this one <laughs> night of a date. And he was so boring. Mm. Oh, like it fun. wasn't you know, oh, like for me really if I had spent that much and it was like the start of something but first of all someone who goes to an expensive place and doesn't ask if that's okay with the person is already a red flag I learned subsequent to that but just I was bored and anxious the whole time because how much it costs and how little this person had to say about anything it was I have nightmares about it to this day being trapped in it and not being able to get out I wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, I just don't share your inability to leave. That's the. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you really don't, Teens. You really don't. I, I, I have a few things to say. One, I was wincing and laughing through your entire story because unfortunately I am that girl. I am mm-hmm. the one that takes you out on a date to a restaurant that's too expensive because I didn't ask. And I've learned to not do that. I, I I have done that before. I, I often don't go to restaurants unless the cocktails are $7. So, um, no, I'm just kidding. That's not actually true. But what I'm trying to say is that is such a really great thing to call out. Joe, like, I learned the hard way that, like, not everyone has the same, like, fiscal ability as you or, or the same budget as you when it comes to, like, eating out on all that jazz. So it's something to always 
discuss ahead of time if you're the one picking the place. But also, Joe, if he can pay for it, then he I, should pay for I it. I can't do if it. he, she, they, if, if you have even, let me tell you, Tommy Team Spico knows how I to do this. I can't do it. If he, she, they have even an inkling, if you have even an inkling that they can afford no. this dinner, you better make I sure knew they pay a for it. This you person, make sure they this person had inherited wealth. This person could afford it. And I come from working class people. Then that's on you. But then I, that's on you. Yeah, that's, that's right. On I'm victim blaming. I'm victim blaming. I, I, like, that's right. I, I was just raised with this idea that you don't let anyone pay for anything. It's just a prideful thing. Who's, who's it is fully is 100% my like you, white, white Irish You can Catholic. unlearn. Yeah. I, I still mm-hmm. haven't unlearned this. What I've learned to do. That was like, you can teams, unlearn that. I have learned that. Teams, teach the children. I have learned to do is to ask what restaurant we're going to and Google it beforehand mm. and say, no, no, I'm not going there. That's a step. See, here's the start. difference. Uh, another difference, Joe, in my lean days in New York, dating was my mode of getting dinner. Wow. Mm-hmm. And yes. here's the thing. I was fit. Like I was, I was looking good when I was young, man. I had all the moves and I knew exactly what to pay attention to. And it's, you pay attention to the article of clothing that is the least consequential, the most inconsequential piece hmm. of clothing. Look at the socks. <laughs> if those socks look expensive, mm. that person is paying for dinner <laughs> and Ooh. drinks and That's breakfast. Good. That's really good. That's what I learned in my candy yeah. days. Uh, mm-hmm. My worst date, however, yeah. like I have been on a lot of bad dates, again, to get dinner. <laughs> um, but the worst one was when a guy went to me across <gasps> the table after no. I said I was from an Indian reservation. And I, at that time, because this was, again, like not Tommy Teeb's Pico, this was Tommy. Um, I didn't have the wherewithal to get up that moment and leave the restaurant. I had also, the food oh hadn't God. come yet. <laughs> is the other part of this. <laughs> That's why. Oh, a bitch was hungry. Was hungry. A bitch was hungry. I had yeah. the pork chop, bitch. I had the pork chop. I had mm-hmm. to see that through. I had to not, like, <laughs> not on that bone. You know what I'm talking about? Anyway. <laughs> oh. Oh, you had to gnaw on that I'm bone so, so you could gnaw on another one. That's horrendous, Teebs. That's awful. Um... So I sort of struggle whether or not I should categorize this as a date. But first of all, I will say that I am the opposite of Joe. I am a bottom, so I never believe in paying for myself on a first. Certainly not on a first date. Maybe by the third. It is not about positionality. Bottoms, top. It is for me. You can be a dumb bottom and pay for everything. Let's not be reductionist. Uh, you, That's you, true. You absolutely can. That's true. I am not. I am not dominant. N- none, none of you have ever known me to be dominant, and that does not change in the bedroom or anywhere else. You have been dominant um, in or, your ignorance. Or with the wallet. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I will take that. Um, no, I. It's just I don't know. People never. I don't. I don't pay on a first date usually. If we go to multiple places, maybe I'll pay for like the second place if it's like drinks or something. Anyway, so this is like. I don't know. This is maybe six or seven years ago. And I was home in Cleveland. I don't know if it was for the holidays or what. Or maybe it was like the summer after grad school. But I was home. And I was home for a while. And so I met this guy on Grinder, And we were like talking for a few days. Maybe even, maybe even a week or two. And I, I was trying to like set up a date. Because I just needed... I just wanted to get plowed. And... We like we had sent pictures back and forth. Everything seemed fine, and then t- we were like trying to maybe set up a date. And he goes, "Oh, can you send me another picture?" And so I sent him another picture that I thought was very cute of myself. And he was like, "Oh, 
And he was like, you know, I'm actually not sure that I'm attracted to you after all, like anymore. And I was at a point, I just didn't give any fucks. And so I just was like, listen, this is really problematic that you said this. This makes me feel like you have a problem with me because I'm Black or because a problem, or you have a problem with me because I'm effeminate. Um, Both of which are common themes on this app for me. And also I have been very clear with you about who I am and what I look like this entire time. So I don't know what changed, but like, that's really fucked up. That's a really fucked up thing for you to say at any point, but especially when we're like, I think we were a week or two into this. I was like, we were a week or two into this. And like, you could have said that to me or something, a nicer version of that to me at the beginning. So like, fuck you. So he felt really, really bad. And he was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to have that effect. Like, I am still learning about like such and such and such, whatever. I would really love to take you out for a nice dinner just to like apologize. And this was during my lean years in New York, even though we were in Cleveland. And so I was like, yes, like I'll go out to dinner with you. I did. I was like, I'll go out to dinner with you. I will always, I will always go for a free mozzarella stick. (laughs) I'm sorry, but I will. So love um, yourself. Mozzarella stick. <laughs> aim higher. Love aim higher. Mozzarella stick. Love. I was okay. still in my twenties. You dare, you dare t- chastise Dennis when you stayed for the pork chop, Mama. <laughs> I don't want to hear it from you. Do as <laughs> I is say. A good point. Do as I say. Not, not as, I, as I did. Okay. My my auntie tells the truth. So I go on this date, you guys. Now, to be fair, we are in the suburbs of Cleveland, but you guys, he takes me to the Cheesecake Factory. I love the Cheesecake Factory. That is, let me tell you, best day ever. Let me tell you, that man, winner, winner, you chicken know that they, dinner. They, they don't, so the they don't just away. have cheesecake. It's cheese, they have pasta. They have maize. Oh, I learned. The oh, my, it's the, so the, good. The menu is a Bible. I have not been through the entire Bible. menu. I don't have the time. By the time I'm Mama. midway through, it's been an hour. And I'm like, I have to fucking order something. What you want, it's massive. Have. Dennis, the prompt was worst. <laughs> it was like the best date ever. Excuse me. It was it was How so do- boring. The food, I I don't remember the food. It must have been fine. But the date, he was so boring, like Joe said. And then he was like, "Oh, I think I was like really interested in you because you're a writer. I'm a writer too." And he like sent me the link to his like blog. No, and at that okay, point, I that pulled down. the deeps and I was like, "I have to go." Wow. I was like, "We are I, not the same. And- I have to go." I'm shocked that you didn't remember any of the food because it is all your favorite foods, which is foods that you should not eat. Yes. So much Alfredo um, and shit. So much Alfredo. I probably had Alfredo, something with Alfredo. Sticks, cheeses, cheesecake, mm-hmm. cakes, carbs, gluten. Um, anyways, I will also say I will share the sentiment around the table, which is that um, the worst date is a boring date. Fortunately for all the listeners, I have already archived Every single bad date I've ever Correct. been on in an thought se- segment. I have been I've been taken to an escape the room. I have nightmares I've been about taken that. to buy forty dollars worth of Taco Bell. I have been um uh, you know talked at incessantly. People shared things about things that are not interesting to me. I've shared about stalkers, that <laughs> that ballet dancer, that <laughs> freaked out after buying me those flowers. Anyways, I've had lots of bad dates, but the, the, the truly, you can be psycho, a little mean, a little arrogant, you know, something that's a really big turnoff, but I can tolerate it so long as you're not boring. So but if you're boring, if, that's if, if, if yeah, we that's all the have had these horrible, I mean, truly like 
I've wanted to die on dates. Why do we keep doing it? Oh, God. That was a very um, wow. carry. I couldn't help but wonder. Wow, Joe. Um, Drag I, us I, all. I, I mean, I, I, the same reason um, I'm attracted to men. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I hate, we hate ourselves. Why do we keep know? doing it? It's, it's true. But I would say that, like, you know, there, there is the the um chasing of the dragon right you're trying to catch that lightning in the bottle there's something appealing about it because we've been told that sometimes these go right we've been shown in television shows and in movies and we've heard it in songs that sometimes it does go right and you're like so bitch why not me why can't it go right mm-hmm. for me yeah. but it turns out it can't mm-hmm. you can't <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to go well for you <laughs> well it's I'm, I- Wow. I was just going to say that, like, in combination with what Tommy just said, it's that combined with the fact that, like, as humans, we're really bad at ignoring repeated red flags. Mm -hmm. Like, we will exhibit the same bad dating behavior. Like, the number of dates I've been on where I found out the person was 19 halfway through the date, and I was like, I was like, oh my God, this is a bad date. Why the fuck is this happening? And you're like, this is like, this has got to be some fluke. And then it happens three <laughs> more times. It's like, mama, mama, there's something wrong. <laughs> and, I, and so I, I, I think that that is just an example of the ways that we kind of look over the ways dates go wrong that are a consequence of our poor mm. judgment. You know what I mean? Not to blame yourself for that situation, but it's like taking yourself out of bad situations is a means of seeing past how hot they are and looking into their character. I will say that for me, dating makes their or therapy makes dating better. In part because I think it, it, it gets at what Fran is trying to say. Like, if I go to my therapist and say, oh, I went on a date accidentally with another really hot 19-year-old from Instagram, he might be like, so what is it about these hot 19-year-olds that's drawing you? And how about we try to understand what might it might be like to build a, a, a dating relationship with someone who is more compatible with your long-term goals? Who who is an adult. (laughs) Um, But I think, I mean, I think fundamentally dating is an optimistic project. You you go on the date. I mean, I I have this distinct memory of of when I was in the deep throes of being um, broken up with my long-term boyfriend. And I had started a, a relationship with a therapist and he said, you know, in that constant, like, reframe thing, he's like, there has to be one thing you're looking forward to in dating. And I literally said, no, not a thing. And he was like, in six months, we're going to come back to this and you're going to tell me that dating is fun for X, Y, Z reason. And six months later, I came back and said, no, this fucking sucks and I fucking hate it. <laughs> but you can wow. you continue doing it. And I think a lot of people are looking for the high of a great first date. The high of a great first date is great. It's pretty good. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. But very elusive. But it's very I, elusive. Yeah. For it's me, hard to get. the high of a great first date is what possibilities it opens up for the future. Whether that be a relationship or friendship or some depth of a relationship. And I think, you know, you can really fuck yourself up by by chasing the high and not giving into what is actually like what it's promising moving forward. Which is, which is depth and connection. And so I think that became... The process for me is, you know, viewing dating as a necessary project for having a deeper romantic connection, which is something that I was longing. And then not doing the bullshit, oh, he's hot and boring and therefore I'll go on a date. If he's hot and boring, fuck him. And kick him out of your apartment. 
But it doesn't need to be a date. It doesn't need to be a date. No, but here's the thing, Joe, when you were saying people chasing the high and not going with the follow through, I felt there was a distinct bass in your voice towards me. (laughs) And I just want to say, when you come speak to me, you take that bass out of your voice, okay? Um, No. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so I'm actually going to be a little bit of a voice of dissent here. Because I actually do really enjoy dating. Um, and you love boring men. I don't. I don't love boring men. Yes, you do, bitch. Boring. No, no that's boring, not true. Boring that's not true. rich men. I'm just being who look like Paul Ryan and have the same politics. Um, which one of them look like Paul Ryan? <laughs> yeah, I. I may have had a crush on Paul Ryan at one point. Oh, D, that's a thing you don't um, have to admit. No, no, you don't no, have to admit that. Oh, we've don't talked about it on this show. That information. But, but this is. But I will I say know, this: I like, actually really enjoy dating, and I think my approach to it is markedly different than Joe's. And I mean, I am a Sagittarius through and through. Um, I my I'm a said my moon I'm a, my rising is Sagittarius my moon is a rise is a Sagittarius like I'm just a Sagittarius and um it's funny because for me I found that once I was able to let go of thinking about the future and thinking of dating as a project to to, to bring me into the future that I wanted or that I felt like I was told that I wanted or needed to want, um, I was able to actually experience dating as a sensation of, of a moment for me to like live in the moment and connect with someone who's there with me and who's present with me in that moment and to sort of enjoy that um, from them. And like, I'm pretty good now at, at figuring out who's going to be someone that's worthwhile for me to like have that moment with and that experience with. And I've found that it's become, um, and this is only really in the last maybe three years, but it's become something that, that allows me to feel like an essential version of myself or to feel most like myself, to feel like I am in my skin is when I'm dating. Um, and part of that has to do with the choice of people that I'm dating, which has evolved quite a bit in the last few years. But also, um, for me, there is something really fun and intimate about the idea of like allowing someone to connect with me in those moments and sort of cherishing that for what it is without putting a ton of pressure on what it could be or could not be, which isn't to say that I don't get my hopes up because sometimes I do and that can be difficult. So it's the navigating after the first date is great. And most of the time, my first dates are pretty great. So then it's like navigating after that. What comes after that? What do I want? What do they want? Are we on the same page? Will we ever be on the same page? Are we not on the same page? If we aren't on the same page, what does that mean? If we can, like, if we can be on the same page, what does that mean? All of those things that you, have, but that's, that you do that's have to what think makes about. it hard. And that's what makes it frustrating because it could be a good date for you. Mm-hmm. It's like, is this a good date for both people? Mm. And I can tell. Put, you put the. I can tell when I have impressed somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It happens mm-hmm. quite often, to be honest. <laughs> yes, I was going to say. Like, I, I'm pretty much always a good date for the other person. You know, but like. I, it's but sometimes it can just I watch that person's expectation build without me, and I've it's also been the other way around when it's like they haven't necessarily been spectacular, but they've been sexy or there's been something where I was like, this is going great, and they didn't want to hang out again. What the fuck's wrong with you? I'm a whole snack machine. What's going on here? Um, so that's a, the the thing is that the intention has to meet, and that's hard. It's hard to build, and then it's hard to then well for me, it's hard to sustain. 
Yes, Joe. It's I mean, it's it's so I I cannot imagine a group of people who experience dating so differently. Ninety five percent of my first dates, even when someone is fully vetted, are not enjoyable. I just for me, it is actually like the ability to be with someone and connect with them and feel not just like hope for the future, but even like feel good in the moment. That is, that's pretty, mm-hmm. I don't really connect with that many people. I think it's hard to come by when you are <laughs> as cool of people as <laughs> we are. Friends, Sorry. I mean, like, I, 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 I feel like I navigate, I feel like I navigated dating life understanding that I'm going to be probably one of the most interesting people no! that they're ever going to go on a date and I know, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I know for the fact that, I know for a fact that you, Joe, and you, Tommy, and you, Dennis, operate on the same level. And I don't. <laughs> and I, I, I know, no, you do. No, you do. No, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. And, and we it, are going to get so many DMs from people who said that we were horrible no. on dates. <laughs> we have dated no, let me tell you, hundreds not, of people. Mama, mama, mama. Wait, wait, you're getting it twisted. I'm not saying I'm a good date. <laughs> I'm saying that I'm fucking interesting i'm smart i'm sexy i'm funny Mm -hmm. that's what i have to contribute to a date i don't have to be it doesn't have to be a good date but i'm fucking cool (laughs) let me tell you and i I think that i I think that you know i operate from that because i have a deeply rooted insecurity Mm. and i think that's to connect something that we're all saying going on a good date means that you yourself are good first Mm -hmm. And Joe, you're not good. <laughs> you're not doing great. So I think it makes sense that you haven't gone on a lot of great dates. And I think it makes sense that I haven't gone on a lot of great dates because I'm not good either, man. You know what I mean? Like I, I think that I think that that's like one thing that's like swimming through my head. But I also do like I do feel like um, that the superiority that I'm announcing in a very um, uh, funny and polemical way. I, I'm saying facetiously, but to be t- totally real, like you do have to believe in yourself on a date. Otherwise, the date's yeah. not. Yeah. If you don't exude a kind of confidence, the date's going to get sour real yeah. fast. Um, and yeah, I think it starts with I think with that's that one of the things that I find exhausting about it. Because sometimes after a long day of work, after, after doing science experiments and teaching the youth, getting my energy up to feel that good about myself, to be able to be around a stranger yeah. and to be charming. I, as you would say, Fran, I don't have the spoons. Wow. I think we really just, any like, final, do we have any final thoughts? Don't do it. You're, it's not going to be yeah. good. It's going to suck. So it's not going to be good. It's going to suck. And then everybody <laughs> dies. Attitude. So what's the point of dating anyway? <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling full, but like I could put one more thing inside of me. Dennis knows how I feel. Mm, always. This week, our dessert. The cherry on top of our episode is something that I feel personally very passionate about in the pandemic, and that is plants. Also alliteration, if you couldn't tell. I love me some plants. I could not, in my in the before times, I could not have ever kept plants because I traveled so often. Them shits would die. I fostered my friend Roy's plants, Roy, um, friend of the show, he lived with me in, in LA for a couple of years. And so I could take care of plants by proxy. And so by the time the pandemic hit and I was like, I'm not leaving this place in a really long time. And this place needs to look like a place I want to be every single day. Cause I'm going to have to be here every single day. I started getting plants. I got, um, some ZZ plants and some snake plants and some pothos up front because I knew that they would be very easy to take care right. of. And well, 
Yeah, you basically never have to water um, a ZZ plant, like a snake plant, twice a month, if that. And then, like, the the, the great thing about a pothos is that, like, it starts to droop when it needs water. It, like, tells tells you you. what to do. Um, and since then, as I said at the top of the show, I have 54 plants. I have some, Jesus. I have a star of, uh, of India. I have, to, to varying levels of di- difficulty, I've learned how to figure out what each plant needs, either by the leaves or by the soil. Mm. And I've had every imaginable pest you could imagine. I've had oh spider God. mites. I've had, so I've had stressful. Um, gnats. I've had like lots of different things. And you know, ultimately, I found that what really appeals to me about plants, first of all, they just, they brighten my mood every time I look at them. But mostly it's something something that I can obsess over that is not my body. It's not the pandemic. Mm. It's not a racial uprising. It's not an economic downturn. It's not a government, you know. And as soon as I like focus in on it, I'm learning it and I figure out the ways to do it. It's like sort of like with cooking, then it becomes second nature and I can assess the needs of another living creature and give to it. And 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 that's that's the way in which I can be a human. And is and it is incapable of speaking back to you. That's another one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I think it's really endearing and 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 wonderful, Tommy, that you, uh, a person who is long on the record for hating nature, have have found nature as a companion in the core. Um, but I, I I do think as a, as a proud plant dad to uh, um, a pr- a proud plant zombie um, to like seventeen plants, maybe more. Actually, I just did a loose count in my head. Um, I can totally agree that it's. There's something really meditative and therapeutic about being attentive to something that isn't you and checking the soil and checking the leaves and moving your plants around when they're not happy. And, and I think that that's something that um, I've also grown to love as someone who has killed a lot of plants in my day. Like, because I was so busy and so unable to give them attention. And now I work from home. I have a lot more time for myself. Plants are I highly recommend herbs in particular they are actually they're not always oh. the easiest to care for so maybe you know look up, yeah. look up some herbs that are easier than others but as someone who loves to cook and who is um inviting plants into my life in the quarantine for the first time there's nothing more magical and delicious than cutting herbs off your plants and incorporating that into your food it just sort of it, it brings it uh it it brings it all together and you know i just I think we're all investing in our homes in a, in a way that we might not have otherwise when we would leave our homes all the time. And that is something that I want to continue doing, you know, and uh, continue investing in and give myself excuses to be home. You know, as hot as it sounds like, oh, no, I'm sorry, I can't go yeah. out tonight because, you know, Tuesday is one of the two days a week that I care for my plants. as <laughs> get. Okay. Oh um, no. Okay. I, I love the sentiment around this, but if anyone ever said that to me, I that would, would be not it. be your friend anymore. Yeah. That would. That's that a stupid would reason it. to not I re- to not see your friends. I really However, need to miss my plants I, I really need to just spend just misting. Uh, I, can you imagine wanting to go on a terrible date with someone who's gonna end up being boring, and then and then they're like, "Oh, I can't miss my plants. Water my plants tonight." <laughs> yes. You know, yeah. it's never gonna be an excuse for no, me no. to not go over to somebody's or stay over but it it is going to be my excuse to not travel in the future mm. like there we go don't the thing is i've realized in the quarantine and in the pandemic that i have transitioned 
And it, the transition was already starting a little bit before because like my last book had come out and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this touring on this schedule, but I don't have another way of sustainably making money for, to, to, to live on. So then um, touring became such a chore. And then the pandemic hit and then I got a different job. And now it's like, I'm like not only like taking care of a living being, but it's like cultivating a place that I want to be in. Word. And yes. plants just make mm-hmm. people happy. Yeah. This episode of Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé. Our producer is too busy eating mastachole, Alexandra De Palma. Mastachole? What is mastachole? Wait, 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 wait. What is mastachole? Mastachole. Mastachole. It's a really delicious pasta. Alex knows. Is this a bucatini? Alex gets it. Oh my. <laughs> Alex is like, I do, I do understand. Subscri- subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, or I'll fall further and further into the dark abyss of backlog seasons of Riverdale. And it's true. <laughs> I finally found out what happened to Jason, and I saw it coming from a mile away. Um, <laughs> I'm t- it was so predictable by the end of the first season. I was just like, Skeet, I know what Skeet's doing in jail. I know why. I know which one he's a... Anyway, let's not get into it. My name is Tommy Teebs Pico. You can find me at Hey Teebs, H-E-Y-T-E. BS on all relevant social media, and also this Friday, the 25th, I'm in conversation with Patricia Lockwood for the uh, debut Mm. of her new novel, which is called No One Is Talking About This. Uh, Cut it up with us. Just search, Google search me and Patricia Lockwood. Love that. Um, My name is Fran. Uh, You can follow me at Fran Squishco on Instagram and Twitter, and also subscribe to my newsletter on Substack. That's fransquishco.substack.com. Joseph Osmondson here. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com and crying on Twitter. And I am Dennis Norris II, and you can find me on Twitter at the Earl Denden, T-H-E-E-A-R-L-D-E-N-D-E-N. And finally, send your questions, thoughts, concerns, and dick pics to thoughts, dick pics. To thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. As always, that's food, the number four, and thought spelled how? T-H-O-T-T. Tommy, you're doing you it on purpose. You ruined that on purpose. Flawless. You're, dis- you're a disruptor. Flawless. I am chaos incarnate. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 